0: Alright, welcome guys. So um, today I w- we're doing the continuing the life-changing scripture series and um, I have to admit I'm not quite keeping on theme because the I'm sharing from Psalm 1 with you today and it wasn't a recent um, discovery or like this psalm did not change my life quite as um, recently as um, I think the theme is spo- as the um, series is supposed to be but Um, We'll go with it anyway, because I found it quite impactful. Um, But before we start, let's pray. Um, Dear Heavenly Father, I just thank you for today. I thank you, Lord, um, that when we gather under your name, um, you promise to be here. I pray, Lord, that um, as we open up your word, as we discuss, um, would you please move our hearts? Um, Would you um, take the things that we've held back from you um, and reveal to us that you want to change them? Um, Help us to... um, Yield to the way you're working in our lives. Um, I pray these things in your name. Amen. So, um, like I said, today I'll be sharing from Psalm 1. So um, we'll just read through. It's only six verses. So, um, blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers. But his delight is in the law of the Lord. And on his law he meditates day and night. My biggest confession is that for the longest time, the psalm wasn't really one on my radar. Like, I know it's important because I guess it's the first one. There's a reason it's there. Um, It's also one of the short ones that you teach kids in Sunday school. But for me, something about it never really stuck. I just, like, it wasn't one of the ones I memorised. And it made even less sense to me when I kind of... You look at the words, and I remember the, the psalms are songs that the Israelites would have sung in the congregation... And so why would anyone sing this? It's so different from the rest of the Psalms. It's not particularly like exalting of God or, um, you know, it's talking about these two different kinds of men and just didn't make sense as a song for me. Um, But today I kind of want to unpack how I came to a conclusion of why the Psalm is so um, important and how it um, kind of shaped my life. So the... Two big idea questions that I wanna get to at the end of today is, why did the author, inspired by God, feel the need to write these words in the form of a song? Why wasn't it a proverb or something else? And then the next big question that I want to answer is, why did the person who arranged the book of Psalms, inspired by God, decide to put it first? Um, And then hopefully as we unpack the um, chapter or the Psalm itself, we'll get a gist of what the bigger questions are and then we'll be able to apply it. So um, straight off as I was reading it or you guys were listening to it, um, we see that the psalm is contrasting two ways of living and it's really trying to hammer that point home. There are only two ways to live um, and it's reflected in the way that every kind of set of two verses um, has two sets of contrast. So it's really like trying to hammer home X versus Y and um, get to the point. So, um, and it's ultimately talking about um, the blessed man so the blessed man is like this not like this um and so just to kind of start off the idea of blessedness is about um you know a life marked by happiness that's kind of what the basic um root of the word means but like abundance um you know god's favor that, that those are the kinds of ideas behind blessing and so for us how are we how can i also be blessed like this man and so comparing verse one versus verse two um, blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. And so um, clearly we see there are things that the blessed man does, and there are things that the blessed man does not do. Um, so he is not to walk, stand, or sit in the way of the ungodly, or to put it in like words that we can understand. It's kind of like we won't think or behave or belong to a way that is contrary to god thinking about those ideas and then when we look at the other side um the the blessed man delights and meditates in god's law Um, before we get into what delighting and meditating are we first have to understand what it means by god's law because to the you know modern Um, here our law is like the do's and don'ts the things that get you in trouble but actually what the ancient israelites would have understood when they heard that word law is um, the torah which is the first five books of the bible these books weren't just they did have a list of you should do this and you should do that but they were also the revelation of who god is they revealed him as the creator first of all his authority um, his holiness as reflected by the laws that they had but also His like intimate care and love for his people um, his involvement in humanity and um, his grace and mercy so when we talk about the law it's not just what's right and wrong it's who god is the things that um, we understand about god so we know that the mayor, the Blessed man does not think, walk, or belong to anything ungodly, but he delights and meditates. Um, the ideas behind delight and meditating um, were really um, impactful to me because delight is something that comes up out of you. It's like an a inward response. And meditation had this idea of kind of reflecting on, chewing on, and um, the actual word kind of means muttering to oneself. It's as if you're trying to um, imbibe anything um, of God's law into your very being. So it's not just an acting. It's not just, I will do what the law said or, or it says or I will behave the way God wants. It's, I'm taking it into my very being. So the first point is the blessed man makes the word of God part Of who he or she is um, and allows that to drive everything that we do. The next contrast is in verses 3 and verse 4. So he is like a tree planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in its season and its leaf does not wither. In all that he does he prospers. The wicked are not so but are like chaff that the wind drives away. And so we get these two really stark images: one of a tree that's not dry in the middle of nowhere, but it's actually nourished by the life-giving substance that is water. It is rooted, planted by the water, and not only that, the output of the tree isn't just that it like looks pretty; it ha- it yields fruit, and its leaf is con it does not with it's constant, and so it also gives life to what is around it. It's um, rooted in the source of life and is life-giving in itself. The contrast is that the wicked which are like chaff. Chaff was this like um, shell around um, a grain of wheat that people would kind of cast away because you can't do anything with the grain of wheat while the chaff is there. And it was so light that the wind would actually carry it away. And so the contrast here is this chaff isn't rooted in anything. It um, is useless. It's actually, um, it doesn't bring anything. It's temporary, it's unstable. And so the contrast here is The blessed man is differentiated because he is rooted in the source of life and out of him flows life. And the last set of contrasts, verse 5 and verse 6, and these ones don't sit as neatly as I would like, but therefore the wicked will not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the the way of the wicked will perish. So we're talking about this judgment, or you can think of it as the weighing up of the wicked or the sinner and it says they will not stand and that's because like we just said they're like chaff they weigh nothing there is nothing about them that holds weight um, before God the contrast is the Lord knows the way of the righteous and that's not knows like he knows that about it and it's like right and good no it's um intimately is um familiar with is and fondly approves of um the way of the righteous the righteous are in the love of the Lord they're known by him Um, and then back another contrast is that the way of the wicked will perish the reason the wicked will perish is because um, they're on a path that leads to destruction they're on a path that is out of um, the love of God and so their lack of um, God's presence leads to their destruction so they're they're the two contrasts that um, lay at the end the blessed man is known by God dwells with him and has an intimate relationship with him and so through the psalm, we've seen that the blessed man meditates on the word of God. He is planted in the author of life and he is known by the Lord. And one really cool thing is that the whole psalm, if you like, lay out the um, lines, it converges on this idea of the um, tree that is planted by rivers of water. The pinnacle of this psalm, if you think of it as like a triangle, is this tree. Um, and this tree um, that gives life, a fruitful tree and it's trying to remind us of another tree that I hope um, is starting to ring bells now. Um, The main point of the psalm is that we have a choice Um, just like this tree um, gives fruit, Adam and Eve made the um, wrong choice and they chose the wrong tree that led to death, so too a choice lays before us how are we going to live so that's the kind of breakdown of the psalm. Back to our big questions. Why is this psalm a song? So songs are how we remember things. Like it's, if you want to study, like put something to a song, you'll learn it. Um, But it's also like, it just shapes who you are and um, shapes your heart and your life. And so the psalmist wrote this as a song because he wants us to constantly remember that a choice lays before us. Um, And that's for us individually and us as a congregation. Are we going to choose the way of life or are we going to choose the path that leads to destruction? Um, And then why should this be the first Psalm? Um, That's the second question and it's because before anything else before you can kind of so the rest of the psalms like i said are about um people's experiences with god they're praising him as you know king or i'm um, talking about his intimate love and care or crying out to him for help or for justice and so before you can do any of that we need to um, recognize the choice that lays before us um, have i chosen god the way of his goodness and righteousness? Because once you do that, then that shapes the way the way you walk through the rest of your life. That shapes whether um, you are able to praise Him, recognize who He truly is, um, see His hand at work in your life, um, recognize His goodness and holiness and authority and justice and love and all of these things. That comes out of the choice to live out of His word, to be planted um, in Him, um, and uh, live intimately with Him. And so. What does this mean for us? And we'll break up into small groups of three or four. Um, And these are the questions I want us to answer and I'll post them in the WhatsApp chat. How um, will we shape our lives around this song? So what actions will we take to make sure that we have this active reminder, um, we're singing this song to ourselves that a choice is constantly before us to choose the way of life or the way of death? The second question is, taking a look at your life what choices are you currently making are you a person um, who of the word would you be defined by your commitment to meditating on the law of the lord and if not where are you lacking which parts of your life have you held back from being um, rooted in god and rooted in his word and the last question is having recognized those areas that you've held back from god how will you change your choices. How will you reshape those parts so that you're no longer thinking or acting or belonging to the world, but your focus is your meditation on the law of God, your intimate knowledge of him and your rootedness in him.